And welcome back to another episode of Brocephus and Friends. I'm your host, Brocephus, and this week is kind of different because uh, over the last several weeks, uh, I asked people on the Facebooks and on the Instagrams and texted people of of some questions that they thought that they would want to ask. And uh, today I'm excited to have my co-host today, Zach Ball. Zach, it's good to have you today. Uh, Joseph, it's good to be here. I'm glad of all the questions we got. We got a lot of questions, and some are very serious and some are very silly, and I love it. I think there's so many good questions, and like Joseph said, we are answering them all. Not just, it's not like on the, some questions you get and then, they say, ah, we're not going to answer that one. We're going to answer every single one. So if you asked one, we're doing it. If you didn't ask one and now you're thinking, dang it, I wish I asked one, we might do another one down the road. Who knows? But anyway, just to start it off, I have the first question. And this is a very serious question. we got to be very <laughs> serious here. And the first question is, who's your favorite Chris? Joseph, who's your favorite Chris? Well, I said Chris Pratt because... Because he's good. And he knows how to fly in space. <laughs> yeah, yes, he does. For me, uh, growing up, I lived next to, for many years, uh, a dude with the first name of Chris, Mr. Chris. Uh, shout out to him. If he ever listens to this, he is, uh, he's a cool guy. I always love seeing him and going, Mr. Chris. And he'd say, hey, Zach. And that'd be it. <laughs> but also, I like Chris Pratt. Um, I think he's a cool Chris. Um, because, you know, he's, he talks about God a lot and uses his platform, uh, as a movie star, uh, for the Lord. And I love that. And also he had, he had one of the greatest vidges when he went up and did the awards. It was so good. If you have a chance, it's the Nickelodeon awards from a few years ago, but it was so good. Mm. Uh, next question is. What or who is currently inspiring you? Zach, take it away. Uh, for me, I always feel inspired. Um, right now, I feel inspired by um, when I'm at UK Volleyball, when I'm in practice. I just love the, the, the girls and then the, uh, the coaching staff. They inspire me to be better um, every day, and I feel like I'm a better person because I've been with them for so long. And also at CSF, I feel like, uh, those people there inspire me a lot, and I get to spend a little bit more time with them this summer interning. Um, but I just feel inspired by their by their faith and by their uh, walk with the Lord, and two two great places to be. Um, I'm thankful to spend a lot of time with both of those groups. What about for you? I would say probably CSF. I love CSF. So inviting. So kind but also they know how to get to the heart of what the ministry is about about god you know it's good to have fun but it's also good to ask people how they're doing and ask um the tough questions in life and and also i would say um church eastland uh i think you know a lot of good people there pastor pastors good preaching um, and the last uh, one person would probably be right now probably that's inspiring me also would be my dad 
because of the fact that uh, right now he's working a job that is kind of a tough schedule. 11 in the morning, 11 uh, p.m. to 7 a.m. and a lot of overtime. And doesn't complain much. I mean, with that you have to complain some, but not much. And to see him come in worn out, but still take time to cook dinner and such. And so, that's it. Mm, that's good. I like that. Um, for the third question, we have uh, a hot movie debate. And it is Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, or, in, or Avengers Endgame. And now these are two of the highest grossing films of all time. Endgame, of course, being the number one. Uh, took a, took it over from uh, Avatar, which was pretty much I think the first three D movie that was in theaters. Hmm. So we got a we got a big time matchup. This is the uh, I was gonna say David and Goliath, but that's that's not true. That's that's the little guy. Uh, I guess it's like the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavs for many years in, in NBA. But anyway, go ahead. Infinity War, Endgame. Oh, that's I would say Endgame. One of the reasons why is because I haven't seen Infinity War, but that will change here shortly. But also, uh, good, it's great cinema. Great cinema. The, I love a good soundtrack, and it has a good soundtrack. Mm. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. Dot, dot, dot. That's good. Yeah, I also I really like Avengers Endgame as well. I think it's the perfect uh, cap-off. For the Marvel franchise to know that that's the last, that's the end game, mm. and there's so many things, there's so many characters that uh, Marvel, uh, the MCU will be able to make movies forever and ever, that and they'll be quality um, movies as well. And I just think that um, uh, the whole franchise is just they're they're brilliant with what they've been doing. Yeah, that is good. Uh, me and you have seen our concerts together and separately. Uh, what is your favorite concert that you've been to? Oh man, I this is this is a tough one. I've yeah. been to a lot of them. Um, I've I've been to a mini one, and I'm so excited that uh, we have more to go to, and that things are opening back up. We can go to more concerts. Uh, but my, my one of my favorite I don't know there's just something about it it was I went with Troy Jones and we went to Newport Music Hall in Columbus and it was the tour that Andy Minio did with Words Played and it was for the the album Magic and Bird and it was just a lot of fun it was standing room only and uh, Troy almost ran over somebody on the way uh, <laughs> We, me and him laugh about that to the day uh, just kidding. He didn't almost run someone over. He just, it was just a close call. But anyway, we had Chipotle before we got to go to the concert. It was a lot of fun. The album is a good live album, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. What about you, Joseph? What's your favorite concert you've been to? My favorite has to be in 2019. I surprised Granny Ruby, uh, to take her for Christmas, to take her to the Gaither Christmas tour. And we had we had been before uh, to Gaither concerts, but we were like five rows from the front, and such a wonderful time. Matthew Zola was there, and uh, on the podcast and at CSF, 
And it was such a wonderful time to, it was BC, just before BC, before COVID. And it was beautiful to hear all these people singing about Jesus being born. It was a mm. wonderful time. Mm. Wonderful uh, venue. Mm. That's good. Oh, uh, next we have, uh, if a tree falls in a forest and no... Oh, no, go ahead. I I thought that was... I can't keep track. <laughs> we, we, we were taking turns on asking the question, and I couldn't remember if it was him or me. Uh, anyway, this is what show prep gets you, I guess. Uh, it, it, we, did some, we did some hefty show prep for this one, so I hope you all are enjoying this so far. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> I think, okay, I think it's me next. If not, you can roast me in a text or on social media about how I was wrong. But anyway, the question is from my mom, and I'm only saying who this question is from because it is a question that so many people ask and is a hot debate. So you probably have opinions of your own on this one. But if a tree falls in a forest and there's no one around... Does it make a sound? I would say yes, because depending, because it doesn't matter who's around, it's going to make the same sound as it does if people aren't around. Hmm. I like what that. about you? Well, okay, I know scientifically, I've 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 looked this up before, and. Something, when it makes sound waves, it supposedly has to have something to go to for there to be a sound. Mm. But that doesn't make sense because why Why would something only make a sound if there's something to hear? That would be like, if there's a hurricane in the middle of the ocean, is it still making round noise, rain noises and is it still thundering and lightning and going on? I think so. So why wouldn't a tree falling in a forest with no one around... Why? Why wouldn't that make a sound? I'm pretty sure that's the same. That's the same difference. I don't yeah. know, because the the rain would be bouncing off the ocean, and the waves would be crashing. Because it'd be a it'd be a heck of a moment to be in that. Wouldn't want to be there. Wouldn't want to be there when a tree falls in a forest. Because that's probably gonna make another tree fall down. I don't know. That's not the point of the question. But uh, yeah, it has to make a sound. Yeah, it has to. Yeah. There's no way. Why wouldn't it? Yeah. If it's falling down, unless it's a silent tree. Yeah. Cause or come, if it's in a soundproof room. Yeah. But that's not... A forest isn't a soundproof room. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. And it's kind of like... Not to dive too deep in this, but it's kind of like... When you leave your dog by itself... And you have like... Here we have two dogs. If you leave them by themselves... Are they going to start talking in regular human form? Probably not. No, but these two start whining because they <laughs> miss their mom and they miss their dad. They probably don't miss their brother. But this I, is Nil and Mocha in the room. Yes, the two captive audiences members. Oh, yeah, this is our first five. live show. Yeah. But I say that to say that they're not going to make a sound. That's... The, probably just muted my argument but if it if they make a if they speak when you're not there in human form 
then it's kind of like a tree. And I'm clearly making no sense, and we probably should move on. <laughs> I mean, if, if dogs are left by themselves, they're definitely going to be whining and going on, unless they're asleep. Yeah. And then they're not going to make any noise. But yes, a tree <laughs> falling in a forest does make a sound, 100%. Yeah. We just figured it out. Yeah. And don't send nasty emails. Or if you do, send it to somebody else. Send it to me. I'll take them. <laughs> I'll take all the arguments against it. Uh. I think this is me. That, this is you. Yeah. Number six. Uh, what fruit of the Spirit comes naturally and which is harder? And this mm. is a great question. Mm. Yeah, this is, this is, now we're, now we're kind of, we're going in deep Yeah. here. This is our first like, ooh, question, you know. Uh, but for me, I think naturally, um, I find myself to be a pretty joyful dude. Um, this is, of course, the fruit of the spirits. Uh, I'm not going to name them all because that's, that's, there's a lot. Uh, but also love. I feel like I'm a pretty like loving person and I like, you know, can find myself trying to find the best in every situation even if a lot of people are like, no, the glass is half empty. No, it's half full. 100%. Uh, but for me, harder it would be patience and self-control. And I think that those are two really hard things for me to do. Uh, I'm not a very patient person. Um, But, you know, always working on that. And then self-control, like, I just feel like it's hard to, um, as a Christian, you know, self-control is not being of the world. And I think wanting to control everything and wanting to, uh, you know, do things on your own and also, you know, just... Caring more about yourself than others is very easy to do. So those are harder. But what about you? Um, I would say, for me, two that that are I feel like easier um, would be kindness. I try to be kind uh, to people. I try to show kindness and probably joy. Um, I hope that I share joy. Uh, where I everywhere I go, um, but something that I have to work on, and wherever mom and dad are, they're probably saying amen to this next one. But probably something I have to work on is patience. I do not like waiting. I am very if some like if we get to a restaurant and someone who sits down before us. Get, gets their food before us and we've gotten there longer we've been there longer I'm like oh, they got their food before us how co- what did they have to do for our food kill a cow uh, and it would <laughs> oh my okay keep and going. so I'm sorry and so that is just something that I have to work <laughs> toward just is becoming more patient <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's good. Oh. <laughs> oh man, got the giggles. Okay, here we go, here we go. All right, so the next question is, would you rather shout all the time or whisper all the time? Well, I'd say for me, uh, mine is probably, people tell me that I have a loud whisper. So I so I probably <laughs> yeah. So I probably um 
that would probably make more sense for me because I don't feel like I can yell much. But whispering, I people tell me that I have a loud whisper, <laughs> so I guess it's true. You do, you do. But it's all good. What about you, Zach? <laughs> there. Oh man, there it is. Um, yeah, but for me, I think I would like to be able to whisper all the time. But anybody that knows me knows that I cannot. Uh, I'm not a very quiet person, so I'm not going to be able to do that, and it still be me. So. That means I'd have to shout all the time. The reason I would want to whisper all the time is because I find that there's a lot of situations, like in class, or if you have to go, like if you're at a wedding, or if mm. you're at a funeral, or if you're at a anything, and you are shouting, then that's not a good thing. So you would want to whisper all the time. Yeah. So there's a lot more situations where Whispering is better. It's always it's always better to be quiet than too. It's always better to be too quiet than too loud. Mm. Unless you're in a yelling competition. Because if you shout all the time, you can't gossip about people. Mm. That's true. Dang, the truth shall set you free. All right, that's cool. No more church gossip. Um, but so uh, the next one is. What's the wisest thing someone has ever told you? Mm. Well, for me, this person has never spoken to me, even though I think it would be very cool if he did. But this is, um, this is a song lyric that I find to be very true, and it is by our boy Drake. And this is in the song Emotionless on the Scorpion album. And he says, you know, a wise man once said nothing at all. And I think that is brilliant because sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. Oh my goodness. That is so good. When you told me that the first time, I about flipped out because that is so good. That comes from the Bible, from Proverbs, when it says, even a fool is wise when they say nothing at all. And so that is so, I love that. Um, Probably for me, I have two, and no, I'm not gonna have, probably won't have two for every question that we have. But the first one is, and I'll have to sing it, so do not throw tomatoes. But it's thank God for the promise of springtime. Once again, my heart will sing. There's a brand new day of dawning. Thank God for the promise. Of spring, I love that. I think that's so powerful that we it's raining today, and just because it's raining doesn't mean sunshine won't come. And rain is not always bad. Rain is a good thing because without rain we do not grow, and so rain brings the flowers, and so and that brings springtime. And so I love that. And a great philosopher once said. That you can, Joseph, you can have people pray for you. You can uh, go to church. You can do all the that stuff. But if you do not have a relationship with God, if it doesn't start with you and Him by yourself when you're by yourself alone, it won't mount to a hill of beans. And 
I think that is so good. Now, they didn't phrase it like that, probably. But I think that is so important because, you know, if it doesn't start with you and God, then what is what is faith? You know, it is really good when you can tell people what you're going through. But, you know, I found myself before saying, God, I take it to you. But then I take it right back. So they both they both work um, hand in hand. Um, yeah, mm, that's good. No, I like that one. All right. So the next question is, and this is another deep one here. So you know, get out, get out your uh, your thinking cap. Why do you believe in God? And I love that someone sent this in for this kind of thing. This is this is a good question. I really like this one. Yeah. Wow. I think this is I think this works on a lot of levels. I think, you know, um why I believed in the first place was going to church and hearing people talk about God. And then I think for me then, you know, now being if I didn't have God, I'd be a basket case. I need Him for everything, twenty four seven, and um, and not just for the good times, but when the but I've learned that if I didn't have God, when the shwoo hits the fan, I mean, I wouldn't know what to do. Hmm. That's good. Uh, for me, I would say that I believe in God because of how he's been there for me in life mm-hmm. and in the ways that I've seen him work mm-hmm. through me and then also through others. Like there's just been some things in life that have happened, uh, good and bad. And there's the only way that it it happens or or family members get better uh, from cancer or uh, things work out in life and you know you, you get yeses in life of things that you think are from God is you know it's it, it's from God and it's that's the only way that it'll ever work out so to the people that don't believe in God I just think like you know you just gotta you, you just gotta keep living life the more you live life the more he's gonna show up and um, you know, if you go out and try things and go out and do things in the world, then then you're going to see God eventually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there there's always the people that say, oh, it's a coincidence. Oh, you know, oh, well, you know, oh, you think this rainbow is meant from, uh, you know, it's just a coincidence that it's there. And, you know, not because like, oh, God put it there. Mm-hmm. You know, God shows us his promises of and that's a rainbow you know that's god's biggest promise to us is that he won't flood the earth again and that's that's the rainbow yeah and we see the rainbow so often it's like we we should never forget what that rainbow means that's so good that is so good now we come to the part where uh is very this question is is interesting um what is your Enneagram? Mm. Yes. 
that also a part of this question was it said something about Myers. What's your Myers Briggs? And I'll be honest, I don't know. That sounds like the Oscar Miner, like the the hot dog place. And I, was like, I don't, I don't have one of those. But that'd be cool if I had that little vehicle they drive around where it's a hot dog. Anyway, uh, I don't know what a Myers Briggs is, but I took the Enneagram test before. And I actually took it recently, and it was one of those short ones that says, oh, you're one of these three. So I took that, and it says, the one that I took said, type six, which is the loyalist, type two, and it's the helper, and type seven, and it's the enthusiast. So what does that mean? I don't know. I don't understand the Enneagram. I don't get it. People say, oh, I'm a seven wing six and nine or I don't know. I don't get it. A lot of people say, oh, these types are supposed to have good relationships. I think it's based on people. But a lot of people think it's Enneagrams based on that. That's how we're how we're wired. Yeah. And I respect it. I think it's cool, but I don't get it. But I took it and now I know that I am the loyalist, the helper and the enthusiast. So. If that helps you, if your type likes those kind of people, then I hope that we're friends. And if your type doesn't like those other types, then I hope we're still friends because we can get past it. But Joseph, what about you? Well, I am a nine. First, I didn't know what it was because I I saw one, and all you Enneagrammers out there will know this one, because I thought, ooh, it was about food. And I thought, oh, I'm all about food. But I became a nine. They, I took a test. I actually took a test, and I'm a nine, which is a the peacemaker. It says it's easygoing. Um, it's reassuring, agreeable, receptive. And I thought, well, maybe that is me. And then uh, if you want to look it up, I didn't take time to look it up, but um, I... The wings are a three and a six. So all you Enneagrammers out there probably know. And then those who don't know, if you really want to know, then look it up. Uh, but yeah, that Enneagram, I wish I understood it better, but interesting, you know, interesting, interesting. If you do want to, want to look it up uh, and have a more depth and con- more in depth conversation. Uh, there is a, I'll probably put the link in the show notes, um, to a conversation with the guy who wrote the book, uh, about Enneagram. And he's on this other podcast. And if you really want to know about it, uh, it'll be in the show notes. Probably you interviewed him with your show. Uh-uh. Oh no, it's oh. on a different. I was about to say, whoa! <laughs> no, Man, I feel like I'm wow, big no. time guest. No, uh, little old me on here too. Little Zach Ball. No, not little old you. Uh, well, I am a big guy, so I guess it's not little. No, big you, old Zach Ball. No, you are a philosopher. <laughs> nope. Uh, anyway, moving on. Anyway, yeah, I appreciate you saying that though, Joseph. That means a lot. Anyway, and not to go ahead, but but you uh, got to know about polka, so you got to become a big wig on that too. Yeah, yeah. I, we we interviewed uh, Molly B. Molly B. Yeah, big polka. I'm yeah. a big polka guy now, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what polka is either. Well, yeah, I do. 
Uh, you'll listen to the episode at some point. Yeah. It probably comes out before this before one. Before this one. So you already know what it is. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, we all know polka. Good old polka. We need more polka. Oh, we do in church. In church. That's right. Church. Okay. Number 11. What has the Lord spoken to you about being of high character? Um, is this the one? I yep. thought this was about leadership. Yeah. Is this the leadership? Yeah, high character leadership. Leadership. Okay. What has the Lord spoken to you about being of leadership? Oh, okay. Or high character. <laughs> um, I would say that to be able to, um, not to be on all the time, like, but to be, to just be authentic all the time and not, not be like, uh, like you, I'm at church and I'm like, oh, hey, God is so good in my life. Um, and then, then go to a restaurant and be so after church and be, um, whatever, you know, whatever it is, cussing the waitress out or whatever it is, but being authentic throughout your whole life, not just when you're in a leadership position in a church or whatever it is. Mm. Mm. That's good. Uh, to me, I think in leadership that we are called to be more and that anyone a part of leadership, not just not just in uh, in church or in uh, like a a Christian or any religion, I guess, but just in in general, I think God calls us if if you are if you have a relationship with Him to be more and to take the fruits of the Spirit and to take uh, your role more serious and go deeper. And you know the they always say the in in the academic world the breadth and the depth. And I think the breadth, you know, that's the, that's, that's how how wide you are, and how not how wide you are, but how uh, across the space you are. And then the depth, of course, is is how deep you go. And I think that being called of leadership takes more of the depth mm. seriously mm. instead of just breadth. Yeah, that's good. I can't remember who said it, but. I love the quote, God qualify, God calls the, you know it probably better than I do, God calls the unqualified something. God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the, the called. called. Yes, and yes. I think that's important in leadership, in any position that you are in. Uh, that's good. Um, <laughs> taking this to a lighter note, mm-hmm. uh which is a better? Which of us is a better rook player? <laughs> uh, this uh, we we recently played rook with some friends, and this is a question from one of them, and it's really funny. I I I was talking to Joseph after we played, and I was asking him because the way that I was playing, if you play rook, is when you call trumps, whatever color you play, I would call I would call yellow, for instance. And then I had a few blue, let's say. Is blue one of the... Uh, we can say. I, Man, I'm so good at Rook, I know all the colors. <laughs> I, would, I would call Trump's as pink, 
let's say, and then I'd play yellow. I'd play the yellow first. And Joseph was like, I was like, is that is that how you're supposed to do it? And he was like, well, you can, but you're not really supposed to. So because of that, even though I still won, <laughs> even though I still won, I would say that Joseph is better because he he played it the right way, and I played it the wrong way. Well, or not the right way. Uh, I would say that that you are a better rip player because of the fact that you know you know all of what's going on. You, of course, and I'm. If you ever play cards with me, and I'm probably giving away a lot. If you play cards with me, uh, or if you've been around me a period of time, you know that I cannot. Um, my facial expressions show uh, what what I'm feeling, and so when I would play when I play cards, and I get a lousy hand, I'm going to let you know it. I'm going to say this is pitiful. Whoever dealt this mess did a rotten job, and and then, but Zach, of course that's obvious. But then you pick up on all the room about what's going on, like. Like for instance, if somebody's happy, you can tell that they have a good hand, yeah, and you people, can out people get them. all excited and they think, "All right, all right, I'm gonna fold and yeah. I'm gonna let them go, and then try to beat them." And that's a great skill to have. Well, I'll say, you know, rook, rook is one of those games. It's it's hard to be good, but it's also easy to be good. Yeah, I feel like card games. Uh, there's really no. I mean, there is kind of a skill. But you are also dealt what you're dealt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love playing at Eastland with uh, with that group. It's a it's a heck of a group. Yeah. Speaking of of playing rook, the next question kind of goes off of this, and it was also asked by someone we recently played rook with. You get to choose a rook player to be a partner with for the rest of your life. Who would it be? Whoo. Only one partner forever. I would say probably... Well, probably Green Ruby. Uh, Because it's so much fun playing with her. But I'll tell a quick story on that. Um, One of the first times I played Rook, and for those who don't know, uh, there is... Um, the way we play at church, you have the the things that are points are the ones, the fourteens, the rook, obviously, the fives and the tens, and so. And the trick is is to get the highest card goes, and so I did not know, and the one beats the fourteen, and so I did not know that the one hadn't been played yet, so I throw a fourteen, and and so then it goes around, and the one is played, and she said, "Oh, she said, now Joseph, don't you ever do that again." <laughs> <laughs> and so, but uh, over the years, I've gotten a little bit better, and she's uh, she's always fun to play with. Um, Joseph's a rock star, Rook. Oh no, what about you? Uh, I would say, so it's been a while since I played, and then we played again recently, and my buddy Caleb Lytle was my partner, 
and we went undefeated. So I think I think I got to go with Caleb. But also I remember playing at Rook at Eastland and uh, uh, Miss Dixon. Huh. Well, I, I remember playing with her one time, and she's she's a lot of fun to play Rook with. Yeah, she's uh, she's very good at it. And and she's she's pretty funny too. She likes to she likes to joke around while we're playing. So I would I would say uh, Caleb because I can't remember, but I remember playing with Miss Dixon and she was she she's great. Yeah, but also Joseph too. I I've been partners with Joseph too, and it's always good to be partners with Joseph. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, let's see, favorite childhood memory. Well, I hmm, that, that's tough. There's a lot of good childhood memories I feel like I have, and shout out to Jill Ball and John Ball for that one. Good, pretty, pretty cool childhood. Uh, got to have a lot of fun, but I would say with childhood memories, I feel like the simplest things always uh, reign supreme, and I always remember my neighbor growing up. Uh, we would always go outside and play. So uh, my buddy Griffin, I, I loved playing outside with him. We would get in a fight sometimes about, you know, he's uh, not playing the right way or I'm not playing the right way. We we'd get into it, and then there's always a lot of fun times too. We would we would run basketball plays together, and we would draw up plays of you throw the alley oop to me and I'll dunk it, and then. No, and then I'll throw it to you. You dunk it, and we would we would have a good old time. We'd shoot and have a good time. It was it was a fun time going outside playing basketball with him. So I'd say that's my favorite memory. What about you, Joe? Um, probably uh, a lot of great ones, but um, Kaziah, my good friend Kaziah, uh, lived right across the street from us for several months, and then since has moved back, but. I remember uh, going over to his house, him coming over to my house, and uh, a lot of fun memories. We weren't like you all, you're, you normal kids out there who uh, play basketball or play football. We would go out and sing Elvis and sing gospel music. Well, not to people, but just out. Um, and uh, there's a picture out on Facebook that is playing with cars, and I'm singing to him, and he's probably singing too. But also another memory is I remember there was a <laughs> in daycare there was a um, a sink that the, you know play sink that they had, and I remember both of us um, being at that sink using it as a microphone and preaching out of it, and and, and talking about Jesus. Mm. 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 That's good. Mm. That's that's cool. Cool memories. Love to hear those. Yeah. Uh, for the next question, I would like to ask, what is your favorite all-time movie? Well, this is a this was a total close time between two movies. Um, the first one would be the Muppet movie from 1976, which is probably it is my it is it is it is number well this is a tie at number one, and 
It's because the music, if you have never heard of the soundtrack of the Muppet movie from 1976, after this podcast is over, Google it. It has some of the best music you'll ever hear in a movie, probably, in my opinion. And, I mean, it's just fantastic. Big Bird's in it. And and you can get so much out of it. The other one is is... Right up there, it is tied with it, is Air Force One. Uh, for those who do not know uh, what Air Force One, probably a lot of you do know uh, Air Force One. It's a movie from, I think, the 90s about the president is on a plane. And it's such a good movie. I remember, I think, the first time you watched it, I was here, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my gosh, Joseph. This yeah, edge of my seat. Ooh. <laughs> but but those would be my two. What about you? Man, I just want to say before I say mine, I love hearing you explain your love of the Muppet movie. <laughs> and then that we, we were talking about what we were going to do before this, before we started. And he told me his fa- two favorites. And I, and I busted out laughing when he said the two because I was like, there couldn't be two different movies. <laughs> but I love it. And I think... I think it's so cool. But anyway, my two favorite, this first one, you would never believe it was made in the 90s because it still rings true today. But I had to watch this for a film class, and it and I thought this, this was the first film we watched in the class, and I thought, wow, we're starting off so well. I thought we would watch so many great ones, but this one was far above all the other ones that we watched. And also, just a really good movie. It's Do the Right Thing mm. with Spike Lee. Um, and I just think that's such a good movie and there's, they don't make them like they used to, Mm. I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. That one, that one didn't hold back and, and went after it and, and talked about a lot of things that are messed up in the world. So I think Spike Lee, young Spike Lee did a great job with that one, but also, and this is a, this is, I think this is one of the funniest movies ever. And it's uh, Anchorman with Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Will Ferrell is Ron Burgundy. Steve Carell is Brick. Uh, man, you can't get much better than that. Never seen it. You've never seen Anchorman? Never seen it. Lord have mercy. He's never seen Infinity War. <laughs> He's never seen Anchorman. We got a lot of stuff we got to watch. As soon as we're done with this podcast. And if you haven't watched any of the movies we saw or we talked about. I don't think I've seen the Muppets in 1970. What? Six. The 1976 Muppets movie. I don't think I've seen that one. So we all have a little homework to do. Fun fact about Anchorman. Do you know Mort Krim? That sounds like ice cream. <laughs> I don't know who that is. No. Uh, he is based. That is based on him and and this um, lady is. Who was in the movie as well, based on their story? Wow! And uh, he'll read anything. And his um, his son went to Anderson University, is how I know. But wow! And and he's in another plug. If you want to know more about Mort Krim, go to the Gaither um, podcast where Bill Gaither interviews Mort Krim. It's a good one. Well, I just want to say before we hop off the movie discussion. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> is that from the movie? That is from the movie. <laughs> is this me or you? 
Um, it is you. Okay. Um, is there something in your life that connects you with God but is not strictly Christian practice? And I love this question mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, it's so good. I love, I love that there's – I mean obviously people ask this because a lot of people have practices that they do that brings them closer with God that isn't necessarily Christian practice. So you can always tell how people feel about it because usually people don't ask things that they have no idea about. Hmm. Well, in in this sense, if you're asking about what's the where's the mantle at in the earth, then you know <laughs> you're asking that because you really don't know. But you have to be interested to ask it, unless you're in school and you're made to ask it. Anyway, wow, my mind's a weird place to be, but it's a cool place to be. I recommend it sometimes. Um, but for me, I always, sometimes I really like to just drive and go, you know, just turn off the, I listen to podcasts or music while I drive. Sometimes I like to just turn it off and that's a good way to spend time with God for me. And then also, um, I work where my dad works sometimes and a lot of times I'm scanning, um, scanning papers in. And with that, it's a very, you know, it's a, it could be a mindless tax, task, you know, you're not really uh, doing much thinking while you're doing that. So I try to do, uh, I try to like listen to a Christian podcast or listen to the Bible or something. And that's a really good time for me to just kind of be still and think. What about for you? Um, I would say two are, first one is mowing the grass. Um, I, I love mowing the grass and they it's a task that t- takes quite a while um, but I, I love doing it and just thinking about God um, and then the second thing is is every day I try to go for a three mile walk I go by myself uh, so I go by myself for three miles just about every day and then and then just about every day me and my dad will walk three miles so we get about six miles in a day and between those two I love to listen to music Christian music and try now um, listening to the Bible and then the second when I go with my dad we talk about Jesus and uh, God and talk about uh, uh, religion and such Nice. Cool. Well, okay. Now we're we're coming to the point where this is this these these two questions are a bit different than the other ones, um, and they kind of go off each other. So we'll we'll hit one, and then right after we'll kind of go right into it. Uh, that's how order goes. Hmm, that's funny. <laughs> I just explained how order works. Okay. Anyway, so this question is. Why is it always a game when it comes to talking to or trying to date someone? So Joseph, why do you think that sometimes it seems to be a game when you're when you're trying to do the date scene or talking to someone? Well, I'm going to be very honest here. Uh not like I mean we have been the whole time, but I'm going to be very honest and say uh I um, I have not uh, dated at all 
And right now, I am called to the single ministry. So, uh, I do not, I really, that was a tough question for me. Um, so, I'm going to say I I do not really have anything for that. Okay. That's cool. I'll I'll try to give this the best shot I have and say that when you're in the dating scene or wanting to date or trying to date or, you know, the talking stage, which is like the pre-date in, in far as today's slang, when you're getting to know someone and then you kind of both are saying, oh, yeah, okay, and seeming about it. I think it could seem like a game when the perception is different than what the truth is in the mm. situation. And um, as humans, we don't do the best job of communicating very well. So I think communication is why it seems like a game. Because I don't think that anyone is really trying to hurt another person. But I think that it ends up um, hurting people because of, of the perception of what's going on. Hmm. And uh, at least I hope I don't think people are are actively trying to be mean to someone of the um, someone that you're trying to talk to. Yeah. Um, and this question says, why can't people be straight up and talk and see where it goes instead of trying to read people's minds to see what they are thinking or anticipating what they might do? And I, like I said, this the that last question goes with the the question before, and uh, you know, I think my answer for the first one goes with this one as well. But also, and when we were prepping for this, I wrote in big, in all caps, I wrote perspective, hmm. and I think that when you're thinking that someone isn't being straight up, maybe. And I and I think I could do this too. Is thinking of the other person's perspective first is very important, and is something that we should we should always strive to do in relationships. Because, like I said, at the end of the day, communication is the is the a number one thing that if you wanna if you wanna be with somebody for a long time, you gotta learn perspective, and you yeah. gotta learn to communicate with that person well, and you gotta want to. Yeah. Because there's not a single marriage that's active today where both people, or at least one person, doesn't want to be in it. Yeah. If one person doesn't want to be in it, it could be a miracle and it stays together, but most likely that, that thing ain't going to work. Um, I'll throw this in there. Um, one of the greatest shows of all time is uh, Murder, She Wrote, and... Um, one of the episodes talks about uh, where Grady, uh, Jessica's uh, nephew, is getting ready to um, getting married, and they're both like, um, they're both like, oh, we're gonna get ma. They can't even say the word. And Jessica talks to Grady and says, Grady, what do you want in a wife? And he says, well, I, I want her to stay home. Because by this point, they both thought that they both wanted um, her to be an accountant. 
and to be to be a working working and she said what do you want um donna to do and she he said i want her to stay home and be with the kids and be a cook and and she said well have you talked to her well no i haven't and then that's the same thing and she said i want to stay home and take care of the kids and and cook for my husband when he gets home she said have you talked to grady about this well no and so communicate like you're saying that i say that all to bring it around communication is so important in a relationship um because without that it loses something mm-hmm. because um that's that's the ground work of any any relationship mm. yeah that's good no i mean in relationships like we both said with the fruit of the spirit it's mm. it's really tough for both of us and i'm guessing a lot of people would say that one of the tough fruits of the spirit is patience and i think in that scene also patience is so key it's it's hard to be patient in something where you feel like you want you want to find that person that you're wanting to spend the rest of your life with and it's it's such an important thing that if it was to be overnight and you know it then it's probably it's probably too good to be true mm-hmm. so just stay patient keep perspective communicate well be the person that you'd want to be with And you'll be happy. Even in singleness, you'll be happy because yeah. you know that you're being the best version of yourself and the best dating person that you think you could be. And if you are that, then you can. And if you are still single, then you could be satisfied in that singleness. Yeah. Ah, I was so box over. I was talking to someone <sighs> the other day, and I said, "I don't know how you feel, but, um, but when you're single." Uh, how does it feel? I mean, when you get older, because um, I was saying, people now tell me, so Joseph, when are you, are you dating someone? Are you thinking about dating someone? And she always says, yeah, as you get older, it won't get any better either. But eventually it will. And I think, I think that you can find uh I don't know, this is probably a debate, uh, a big debate, but sometimes I think, you know, Paul says, uh, why can't you be like me and be single? Now, but he also says, now everybody can't be single. Uh, Some people have to be married. So uh, be, I think what you said, be the best person you can be and everything. and it will all work out after that, hopefully. Mm, yep. Yeah, God has yep. has a calling for all of us. And and sometimes you don't find that person, and that's A-OK as well. Yeah. Uh, I hope, as we finished our last question, I hope that you were able to think about your favorite Chris. Think about your fruits of the Spirit, which one come naturally to you and which one is harder for you. I hope that we were able to spark something in your mind about what maybe your favorite childhood memory was and also about trees falling in the forest <laughs> and if they do make a sound. And yes. I hope I hope that was fun for everyone. I know for me I had fun doing this with Joseph and I'm 
And I'm happy that I was able to uh, answer these questions with him. They were a lot of fun. Yes. It was, it's so fun to, to do this because uh, we, we uh, as you know, if you've listened to before, we did one the first season and the second one. I said, Zach, would you like to come back? And he said, yeah, what are we going to do? And I said, well, we can ask people. So thank you all. Thank you for your questions. Yes, thank you all for your questions. And like he said, if you have some, uh, send. we might do another one in the future. So send questions to me uh, on, you know, if you have my number. I'm probably not going to give it out <laughs> on this show. But if you have Zach's number, send some to Zach. 859-327-2470. I don't mind. Oh. Send it. Click it and ship it, as they say. <laughs> And uh, and then uh, then also, uh, bro. You can find me at Brocephus and Friends or Brocephus, and then uh, Zach Ballin. Yeah, Zach Ballin or uh, <laughs> Joseph Mink or Zachary Ball on Facebook. We're all over the place, and so. Uh, thank you for doing this. Yes, am I like? Can I do the? Can I do the thing at the end that I did before? Yes. And thank you. And this has been another episode of Brocephus and Friends. We're your hosts of the Shindig, Brocephus and Zach. I hope you enjoyed this one.